can't get enough of the podcast? Lucky for you, our video IQ platform on adorebeauty.com.au houses thousands of articles on skincare, makeup, hair care, and more. Plus, you can find a heap of video tutorials, ingredient spotlights, and brand breakdowns on our YouTube channel. Just click on Beauty IQ in the menu bar of the website or app or search Adore Beauty on YouTube for more beauty content. Welcome everybody to Beauty IQ, the podcast. I'm your host, Joanna Fleming. And I am your co-host, Hannah First. Hannah, you're obviously living the free life at the moment. And I was in the office the other day. <laughs> it's not even free. It's not even the freelance life. Like it's just free. Yeah, like I literally, yeah. <laughs> you called me the other day and you're like, what are you doing? And I was like, this I'm is literally what I was going to say. It's like, I, I was at the office. And I'm like putting out 10 different fires and I call Hannah and she goes, oh yeah, I'm just sitting on my balcony having a coffee and breakfast. And I was like, oh. (laughs) (laughs) I, okay, so I think everyone's living wrong. I think we (laughs) should all like, don't take this seriously. Like, please don't quit your jobs. But like, I love doing nothing. Like Mm. it's really, really nice. It's, (laughs) really relaxing. I feel really happy all the time. I've also, now that I've stopped working in beauty full time, I'm really re-engaging with beauty again. Like I love it again. I've noticed that on your socials. I'm back loving it. Like I just feel high vibrational is the word. You've got that zest for it that you had when you first started and you were like amazed by everything I said. Yes, that's how how I feel, except now I know better. So like, you know. I was going to say something, but now I've lost lost my train of thought. This is how my brain works now. It's very slow. It's, it's really, you know, you remember you told me the other day that I had um, crackhead energy? <laughs> yeah. I feel that I, um, I feel that I don't, I feel like it's less crackheady now. calm down. <laughs> yeah. So I wanted to give you an update on where I'm at with Younger because a couple of episodes oh. ago we were talking about my um, addiction to the TV series Younger. I think I've changed my tune a little bit. You did send me a message last night asking how I felt about Josh's leather jacket because we did have a separate conversation about that on your podcast. I hated it. But you've got to give the listeners some background. So Joe said her dating ick was leather jackets and I yeah. then was watching Younger last night and, and he's wearing a very brand new leather jacket not worn it at all it was just it looked and it I thought he looked really sexy but what were no. your thoughts I just ick. ah it, you've ick, gone off him yeah. mm. yes do you know who'd wear do you know who I think would wear a leather jacket Colin Farrell he would yeah he would but that's exactly why you like them <laughs> guys someone must know someone that's working as the makeup artist on the movie that he's working I know. on Help someone us out, guys we do so much for you do something back <laughs> so joe what's on today's episode so on today's episode we will be announcing the winners or two winners of our cringy convo competition and we're going to be airing those cringy convo voice memos today um, and then we're going to do another two next week because I just felt we needed more time. We couldn't I fit all four into one episode. And then we're speaking to Michael from Agent City Parfum who are one of our fragrance suppliers. We're talking all things fragrance and we learnt a lot of biology stuff in that chat and then of course our products we didn't know we needed we learn a lot about um the vomit of sperm whales actually yes yes yeah so you'll have to stay tuned for that An une- unexpected lesson but yeah a valuable one <laughs> 
as I no longer work at a door full time, I don't know when you're running things like this. Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> this was actually a surprise to you. Um, and so you weren't involved in the selection no. of these voice memos. So we had about, I think it was roughly 40 cringy combos sent in. So I had to sift through all of those and listen to every single one. And then I managed to get 40 down to nine. And then I sent the nine in our group chat for our brand and content team. And so they voted on them. So these ones that have won are as voted by me and the brand and content team. So yeah, they obviously rated these stories. So you are hearing them for the first time. So here is our uh, first winner. <clears throat> so my cringy combo story is I am an avid pooer. So when you guys talk about poo and bums, I really relate to it. Um, when I've got to go, I've got to go and there's no stopping me. So <laughs> the story goes one morning I was driving home from my partner's house and we live about 20 to half an hour away from each other. I got about two minutes down the road and I needed to go to the toilet. Like it was not going to leave my mind. I was starting to get sweats and I was in pain driving and I couldn't, for some reason, I didn't think to just go back to his house. So I pulled up to a school, primary school that was nearby. This was in the middle of the lockdown, by the way. So quite recent. And I was like, surely there'll be a toilet that I'll be able to use. Went over and all of the toilets are locked. Of course they're locked. It's a primary school. Didn't cross my mind either. And it was getting so bad that I just genuinely believe that I didn't have any choice but to find a bush to go and (gasps) it in. And (gasps) obviously schools are very wide open spaces. It was either like an oval or behind a a building, which I didn't want to do. So there was a vegetable patch. (laughs) Um, And no, I did not take a poo amongst the veggies. I took it right onto the fence line and I just had no control over this decision and exploded (laughs) at a school. (laughs) That is my cringy combo. Wait, so did she she explode in her pants? No, so she's up against the the fence. (laughs) Oh, my God, that poor girl. I know. It's honestly... Deserves the voucher though. Imagine the feeling of being somewhere and like, I have to right now. I have that like every week. (laughs) But yeah, a a schoolyard poo uh, certainly warrants a $500 adorbie voucher, I think. Well done. Um, Worth it. Definitely worth it. Um, This person did ask to remain anonymous, so I'm not going to (laughs) name. We know her name, but we're not going to name names with her. Uh, A few of them were like introducing themselves, though, which was really nice. One person that sent their cringy convo in actually addressed us by our um, new aliases, Hannah and Jolene, which was lovely to hear. So I I, I must say there were some really, really funny stories in here and outrageous stories. Like you all did not disappoint. So thank you to everybody who has participated in this competition. It was certainly very entertaining for me to go through them. That was that was a highlight of the week. But our next winner that we're going to play is, let's do Kate. Hi, my name's Kate and this is my cringy story. A few years ago, 
Um, I'm in my 40s. I had a, a very nice, hot male friend in his, I'm going to say early 30s, just to make myself feel a bit better, um, messaged me to say he was popping over. Uh, I was not prepared, so I had to do a quick prepare, change the bed, beautiful white linen bed that I had. And um, as I get out of the shower, I noticed that my hair has a few greys across the crown. So with jet black hair, it shows up. I use the L'Oreal colour to go in the top of my hair. And at that stage, it was very new, very new on the market. And I didn't know that you should dry it a little bit. Anyway, we we have our wine, we have our pizza, we end up where most um, things like this end up. And he left about three o'clock in the morning. And um, as I'm seeing him out, he gives me a very strange look. We say goodbye. I go back to the bedroom and switch the light on. Not only does my bed look like a chimney sweep has rolled around in my bed, but there are hand marks, black hand marks, where he has run his hand through my hair and touched parts of my body. And he's obviously gone away thinking that something strange has happened and he's probably seen his black hands. Didn't mention it again. Saw him a few times after that, so all good. But that was my cringe-worthy, embarrassing story. Go, girl. I love I, that. I love this one. <laughs> because uh, we know that L'Oreal spray so well. Yeah. Like our mums both use it. <laughs> the, the images that I had in my head of, like, the bed like <laughs> it was just just being covered in black powder. My image in my head was that she had like f- black hand marks on her face <laughs> from like yeah. Yes. Yeah, and like or like halfway down her forehead. <laughs> oh my god. Yes, so Kate can buy some extra L'Oreal professional hair touch up uh with her $500 voucher, but that one was a very entertaining uh, imaginative experience for me. <laughs> If Kate, if you have any photos of that uh, incident, please send them to us. So that is our second winner. Now, the two other winners we will be uh, announcing on next week's episode. So uh, stay tuned for those. Two very good ones. They were very hard to choose. Stay tuned for those because they're very entertaining. But again, thanks to everyone who has contributed their stories. One of the recordings that Joe sent sent me through says "fish vag." Is that the title of the story? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Don't ruin it. That's next okay. week. <laughs> Just giving people a sneak peek for what's next. Yeah, sneak peek. Yeah. So stay tuned next week for the next two stories. But. Anonymous and Kate uh, will be collecting their $500 Dorbiti vouchers. Maybe we should do this more regularly because some of those stories, it was really hard to choose for. Yeah. So maybe next time we'll need to have 10 and it might be a little bit easier. But, God, you guys, uh, no wonder they like the cringy combo segment. Yeah, because no wonder. some of these people have done some weird sh- we did get a, a male entry as well. Oh. But and? unfortunately just didn't make the cut amongst the uh amongst all of the poo stories. So yeah, he, he had a lot to compete with, in fairness. Um and a lot of tampon stories too. Uh one guy was like so disgusted by a used tampon. And I was just like, I was listening going, grow up. <laughs> 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 
So we actually had a bit of an education session at Adore Beauty, virtually, of course. And Michael, who is joining us on today's episode from ADP, one of our fragrance suppliers, is here today because uh, he impressed so many staff at this this virtual training that we thought, oh, we're going to have to bring him on to the podcast. So thank you for joining us today. My absolute pleasure. Great to be on board. Some of the analogies had me in stitches and I had myself on mute but I was laughing so hard because some of these things we had discussed already on previous episodes, particularly around, um, Hannah, you might remember we discussed a whale's anus. Um, And and Michael has a better explanation (laughs) of that. We're going to get into that. But I did want to discuss with you, Michael, um, because you know a lot about fragrance. Do you have any theories as to why we're drawn to certain fragrance families? Because Hannah and I both love a hot man smell. And I don't know if I need to explain a hot man smell to you or whether that's (laughs) quite self-explanatory. But we describe it as like woody. Would you say that, you know, people have certain affinities to certain fragrance families? Yes. So what what happens with that is that most male fragrances that are deemed as sexy or alluring are fragrances that sit in the aromatic fougere category. And how that works, it's a simple architecture of citrus in the top, a lavender herbaceous heart and then the woody musky notes in the base and it's that pheromonic type of musk um, ingredient that really relates to why people are drawn to those types of fragrances and that can be created with both vegetal ingredients like ambrette or using an ingredient like ombergris from the sperm whale, which we're going to get into that discussion very shortly. (laughs) Yeah, so I find it weird that I'm like so into scents that probably are a little bit masculine as opposed to feminine. It it must be because of that, as you said, pheromonic kind of thing. (laughs) Absolutely. And, And what happens with those types of fragrances is that they work with the essential oils on our skin and especially with a musk type note, there's an incredible bio affinity with the oils in our skin as well. So applying on the pulse points where you get that fantastic sort of throw, so to speak, is Mm. why people are sort of drawn to that. It's a bio affinity and and it's warm and enveloping and very, very sensual, Mm. very very second skin-like almost. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I wonder if men feel the same about our, like, female fragrances. fragrances. They actually do, absolutely. Men tend to love notes on women like vanilla. Um, And also musky type notes as well, but with the blend of vanilla to add that sweetness. And that, again, is completely bioaffinitive with female skin. So this incredible Uh. connectivity with vanilla, musk, and then that very, very soft, it gives almost a velvety finish, for want of a better word. Mm. And it's extraordinary. And men are drawn to that. Okay. Um, which Noted. is why a lot of feminine fragrances have vanilla. Mm. Okay. Interesting. Very interesting. Do you think that our scent preferences change as we get older? I know, Joe, you used to wear Britney Spears Fantasy. I did. And I used to wear lots of very floral fragrances, but we both now kind of go for woody fragrances, which is a pretty big contrast. So, like, does it change? 
as you get older? It does, because, and, and there's a lot of factors that impact that. As we age, our skin becomes drier, generally. Okay, so what happens there is that skins tend to absorb a lot of fragrance oils and you don't get the same signature that you would have got with a particular fragrance, say, 20 years ago. And what happens is normally it takes on almost an acidic, acrid sort of property that is really can be quite unpleasant, which is why as we age, when we apply fragrance, we should be applying it onto a hydrated skin. So utilising a neutral body lotion that's unscented and then applying the fragrance over that because then it has oil molecules to draw the fragrance oil molecules as well. So it's sort of, it acts as a, a fantastic pre-setting for the fragrance and stabilises the pH of the skin as well. That's very interesting. I've never heard that. It is. And, and the other thing that happens is obviously as we age, there are chemical changes within our body as well. Both men and women, you know, go through menopause and menopause and all sorts of things. And our hormone levels change as a consequence of that as does the receptivity of certain ingredients on the skin. And some ingredients, citrus seems to be the regular problem with, with this sort of changing skin type in that it becomes very acidic once again. Mm. So hydrating with a neutral body lotion and not overstripping the skin when cleansing using a gentle um, sort of sulfate-free body cleanser will also assist in maintaining normal pH. Things like medication and eating habits can also change the way fragrances respond because all of these manifest themselves on the surface of our skin. Mm. So there's a lot of factors that contributing to that, but definitely the big one is drying, the reduction of oil in our skin as we age. I'm learning a lot here. That's... Mm. <laughs> I did not know any of that. Um, so I actually gave my friend a fragrance that I also wear as a gift, but every time I smell it on her, I feel like it smells completely different to how it smells on myself. And I always say, oh, my God, you smell so good. She's like, I'm wearing that perfume you gave me, and I literally wear the same one. So do they typically smell different depending who's wearing them? Each of us has a unique DNA signature. So we have to remember that, fundamentally with, with anything that we apply on our skin that's perfumed in particular, each person is going to create a throw that is different from the person next to them. And there's a variety of factors that really make that happen. And first and foremost, it's the pH of our skin, our own dietary habits or medication that we may be on that may impact the way fragrances throw and experience their scent. Also, some people perspire more than others, which can also bring about chemical and salt changes on the surface of the skin and how notes in a fragrance can interact with that. So it will change from person to person. And really, it, it's a testament to how incredible our body is and how it works and and that it can weave its own magic formula with perfume and change it on everybody. 
You talk a lot about using fragrance to alter your mood and support well-being. Can you talk us through that? Yes. So fragrance is very much obviously linked to smell, but very much smell is linked to our memory and our experiences. The amygdala, which is a tiny almond-like organ in our brain that it, that has ancestral trace memories of smell and everything that we've experienced through our lives, impact the way fragrance works with us individually. Now, if you break it down into its constituents, citrus fragrances tend to be very, very uplifting because they're very bright. The molecules in citrus are quite large and they give you an incredible buzz or an uplift. Now, there was um, uh, research done in the 1970s in New York in a few uh, major organisations where citrus oils were put through the air conditioning unit of their particular organisation. And what they found was that typos decreased by something like 20% at around 3 p.m. Really? Yes, where we normally (laughs) get that downturn, okay? Okay. And also attention span increased as a consequence of that. So citrus is great as a pick-me-up. If you like more of a cocooning, relaxing type of fragrance, anything with lavender will create that sense of of well-being, comfort, reassurance, which is why a lot of of women in particular are drawn to masculine fragrances that contain lavender in the heart. There's a reassurance that's linked to that and a comfort, and it, it makes the wearer not only feel confident, but the person who's admiring the fragrance drawn as well. And Mm -hmm. there there starts to build an emotive connection to Mm -hmm. that. So that that there's all of that that interplays with especially linked to memory and experiences. It's just very, very powerful. Yeah, Mm. I find the link between memories and fragrance so interesting because I have such a shocking memory, but I can smell a fragrance that I used to wear five years ago and it triggers me from like what I was doing at that time Mm. in my life. I'm like, I can't wear certain fragrances anymore because they remind me of people. I'm the same. (laughs) You can't, something that you've got a bad like memory of, you just can't wear that fragrance. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. We discussed Cetalox on a recent episode and you had a really interesting. I tried to explain (laughs) what it was, which was, I tried. Yeah. but But Michael did have a better explanation of where it comes from. So can you please give us an animal biology lesson? Of course. So The sperm whale produces (laughs) pellets in their gut and why they do so is to assist them in breaking down cartilage found in squid. These pellets rumble around in the stomach and, for want of a better word, they are regurgitated once the process is complete. And these are spongy sort of grey balls that have a floating ability. And it's called ombre which comes from the French grey amber. And these pellets float on the ocean for many, many years. Not only do they have that musky pheromonic scent 
um, from the whale's internal organs, but also it captures sea salt notes, mineralic notes, and salt water notes. And these eventually get washed up onto beaches. Now, these were really found to play during the 1700s when the great exploration of the South Pacific by Captain Cook and those of his ilk discovered these musky smelling pellets that had been washed up onto beaches. And these were harvested and taken back to Europe where whales, of course, were used for, sadly, the soap industry. And they were cut open and they found that they matched what they had found in the Pacific. Now, when testing this, because at this stage, perfumers were very interested in extracting anything they could from anything. And these pellets were steam distilled and an oil was produced. And this oil is what we know as ombergris today. And they applied it on the skin and found that it had an incredible bioaffinity remembering that whales like us are mammals, okay? So, and it also found that this amber green note, as it was called, lasted on the skin for a long time. When they applied other fragrances on top, like a rose essence or a citrus essence, they found that it increased the anchorage or the lasting power of that note on the skin as well. So the perfume industry started using this very rare and expensive oil as a fixative note to fix the architecture of a fragrance. Now, where not a perfume is unique in Juliet has a gun is that this note is the single ingredient in the fragrance, but it's gone through a process called molecularization. And molecularization involves bombarding that oil with carbon dioxide gas to break up its into its constituent parts, the odorant molecules. So one of those derivatives is called cetalox. And cetalox is what's found in not a perfume. And it is a single note fragrance, a molecularized ombergris. And on its own, it takes on the wearer's response in terms of oils, in terms of the the type, the skin type that they have and the response that comes forth. On some people, like myself, it smells like clean laundry. On others, it can become very woody. On others, very floral, depending on the, the wearer, okay? And What's extraordinary about that is that it can also be used as a serum, just like a skincare serum to boost the benefits of a moisturiser. This can be used under your normal fragrance that doesn't last for whatever reason. You can use not a perfume, wait a few moments and then spray your regular fragrance over the top. It won't alter it but it will increase its life by up to four hours on the skin. Wow. That's so interesting. <laughs> oh, I love this. This is fascinating. But I did want to say the Cetalox that's used for Juliet Has a Gun is a synthetic yes. version. So what we use now is not from the whale's vomit. Correct, correct. So it's synth- it's biosynthesised using that, that CO2 extraction methodology. Yeah. 
It also then makes it a great fragrance for those who have allergies to perfume. Oh, okay. okay. Because what happens if you have um, allergic reactions to fragrances is because generally of their complexity. And this being a single note fragrance with great bioaffinity, it's great for people that have, you know, atopic skin conditions, for people that work in close proximity with other people like uh, ophthalmologists, dermatologists, doctors, nurses, and it's even safe to use on children as a consequence of that. So in terms of when people are selecting a fragrance for themselves, what are some of the biggest mistakes you think people are making? The number one mistake is to try a fragrance that their friend has recommended. You have to wear this. Well, I always say that about skincare. (laughs) Exactly. And it's the same with fragrance because how it smells on your friend is obviously going to be very different to how it's going to smell on you, Mm -hmm. okay? The other thing people are drawn to is the name of a fragrance. They may be drawn to the designer aspect of the fragrance, and that's fine for those who appreciate that, totally respect that. But at the end of the day, a fragrance should be something that you can wear that makes you feel uplifted, that makes you feel confident, that makes you feel completely ready for your day. Mm-hmm. And, and I quote the words of Gabrielle Chanel when I say that fragrance is the flower in the buttonhole. It's the ultimate accessory. Mm-hmm. So the other mistake people make when, uh, when going for fragrance is to try something that's too far off the track as to what they normally use. So if they're normally using neo-oriental type fragrances, it's probably not a good idea to go to floral or to dry woods because you're immediately going to feel, I don't connect to this. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really very much an infiltration process. So the best way to do it is to stick with what you know works for you and slowly deviate away from that. So, for example, if it's a woody oriental fragrance, try another one that has, say, more of a floral accent running through it, but it still has the woody oriental, you know, the beautiful myrrh, frankincense, the sandalwood in the base, but add a flower or two to that and it will give you a different nuance. But it's best to stick with what you know you're comfortable with. And a lot of people make the mistake of, you know, going off the curve and taking the fragrance home, applying it and going, you know what, I really don't relate to this at all. So it's very important to research um, as well the fragrances that you're looking for. There's a lot of websites that you can go to, one of which is Adore Beauty, where you can look at different families and different aspects of fragrances, you know, if it's floral, if it's woody oriental, and you see your favourite in there, you're going to know that other types of fragrance in that family are generally going to work for you as well. Mm -hmm. It's just a safer bet as you're experimenting and trialling. The third big mistake that a lot of people make is to try too many fragrances at once. I was going to say that. That always throws me. Absolutely. And look, I would limit it to three and I would go on either wrist 
and either the back of one hand or an inner elbow. I think the important thing is, as I said before, stick to your family, but you might want to go Woody Oriental fresh, Woody Oriental floral, and Woody Oriental spicy, for example. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you've got three variants of the same sort of Woody Oriental, but they're three different fragrances. And then on a phone, on your note section, write which fragrance you sprayed on what wrist and what inner elbow so that you've given it a couple of hours to weave its magic. You can re-smell, you can come back and revisit. It's a better way of doing it. Mm-hmm. And since you're the expert, we've got to know, what are your top three personal favourite fragrances that you always oh. repurchase? I know that's a hard one, but... <laughs> Look... There are three that are go-tos for me all the time. My third favourite fragrance would have to be Aventus by Creed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It has the classic aromatic signature, the citrus, lavender, herb, woody, spicy notes and and oriental notes in the base. Mm -hmm. Very classic. The second go-to fragrance for me would have to be not a perfume Mm. because I like how it interacts on my skin. I like that it's fresh and it's uncomplicated. So I like it as an everyday sort of fragrance and I can wear another fragrance over the top like Aventus. It it won't clash Mm -hmm. um, and it won't sort of create different nuances. It it remains as intact as it would if it was sprayed on its own but with Mm -hmm. longer life. And my number one fragrance, this is probably the hardest one of all for me to choose, <laughs> oh, it would probably have to be Amouage Reflection Man. Mm-hmm. I, like, I like that rosemary, orange blossom, sandalwood blend. I find it, it, it's very soothing for me. I find it very sophisticated in a very unpretentious way. And it lasts because, you know, they're 40% concentrated fragrances. So yeah. mm. it, you don't have to reapply it every single moment of the day. You just spray it mm. once in the morning and forget about it. Well, you'll find me in the fragrance room at work on Wednesday then when I go in. <laughs> I'm going to be spritzing a few of those on me. But if anyone at home is listening and thinking, I kind of want to try this before I buy With the fragrances that Michael has mentioned today, you do get a vial of it when you purchase those fragrances at a door. So you basically get it out of the box, you take the little tiny vial, spritz it on yourself, see if it's for you. If it's not, you can return the full size. So that is um, what we call our scent room promise if you're looking for a fragrance. Thank you so much for joining us today, Michael. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me and have a great day. Let's get into our product we didn't know we needed. Hannah, you kick us off. Sure. So I um, am not a fan of highlighter, like as in powder highlighter. I really... Neither. I never wear it anymore. Never wear it. Don't like the look of it on myself. And I've got quite a few of them and I just never use them. But I have discovered it's the Makeup Forever Reboot Luminizer. And it's like, I guess, a concealer pen. It is a concealer pen that Mm -hmm. also brightens and highlights. So for me, I kind of like... I don't like shimmer. I think it's the shimmer Mm. that I'm not not vibing with. 
And so this will highlight and brighten without any shimmer. It's kind of like mm-hmm. concealer but highlight. So it's got like a radiant finish. Oh, it's it's thin though. Like it's a very like it would be the lightest coverage concealer that you can imagine. Yeah. It, but it really brightens the under eye. And then I put a bit above my lip as well because you know how people put a bit of um a highlighter there. Highlighter there. So I put this yeah. instead. So, you know, I do that too because I feel like I get shadowing on my like upper lip. Yeah. So I put like a lighter concealer on my upper lip. So it's actually got, I'm reading it here, flattened light reflecting pearls, illuminate skin and subtly capture light. Well, that's an, a perfect mm-hmm. way to, to put it. That's exactly yeah. what it does. Just read that out. <laughs> <laughs> What's your product this week? So my, I was <gasps> frantically searching for one before. And I was like, what's something, you know, how the other week you did a product and I was like, how have you not spoken about that yet? Like I knew you use that all the time and you just forget all the things that you use really regularly. You do. So um, I actually was just snooping around my collection of beauty things in my office that I'm in and I spotted my favourite nail polish shade. So it used to be um, OPI Bubble Bath, but it has a contender. So the new one that I've been using, or I've been using this for a number of months actually, is the Essie Nail Lacquer in Fairy Taylor. But I think this is their gel. So I believe it's longer lasting. Yeah, so it's their gel couture, Essie's gel couture nail polish in the shade Fairy Taylor. Very sheer pink toned polish, but I find this lasts really, really well on my nails. And it doesn't give them a heap of color, so you can still kind of see your nails underneath but I just hate having bare nails. Like I always have my nails painted. There's something, it's like when I don't have my hair done, I just don't feel like I'm ready to go out into the world. Mm -hmm. I I don't know. I just don't like it. So I always have them painted. And this is the one I've been reaching for recently. So that's, I'm showing you, Hannah, that's the color. Oh, wow. Your nails are looking so good. Why are they so long? They're very long at the moment. Going to Trophy Wife. And I'm trying to decide what to put on my nails. I got SNS done for the first time in months. Oh, and yeah. I was grating parmesan cheese last night and <gasps> I grated. No. Yeah, I grated. No. The, I did. I did. Oh, Hannah. I can't. That's I am never getting it done again. I'm going to start painting my nails yeah. at home. I thought you said that you weren't ever going to go back. I got, I decided to do it. And I thought, I'm just going to give it another go. And then I shaved mm-hmm. off the side of my thumbnail. Yeah. And I was like, nah, I'm done with this. Sorry. Yeah. Nah, we're just not cut out for it nah. after that long in lockdown. We just can't be trusted. Yep. <laughs> nah, nah. How's, um, how's your dating life? Yeah, I've kind of, I've kind of just like gone a bit off it, to be honest. I'm so busy with like studying and working and I just, it's just so time consuming. <laughs> I... Don't like wasting my time like that. I am just so I used to be a real flaker and I will never yeah. I will never flake again because the number of flake so I went back on dating apps and was like, you know what? I'm I'm not gonna flake anymore. I'm gonna really give this a red hot go. I cannot believe how flaky people are. I have mm-hmm. I have lost faith in all of humankind. I'm not a flaker. I will not cancel a date unless I'm on my deathbed. I promise you I will never flake again because it's made me feel really bad. I know. And it's really annoying as well. Like if you're all prepared and then someone's like, oh, you know, and also you could have gone on another date if they hadn't cancelled on you. They, They cancel on the day. 
Yes. Like I've got a line of people waiting I've here. I've already set it's this. It's too late of a cancellation. I can't get them I've in now. I've set this day aside. <laughs> I Look, I've learned a life lesson and I've I've had to swallow some hard truths about myself. Yeah. I am. I will never flake on anyone again. Remember how I said to you when I started dating and you were like, just ghost people. I was like, no, 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 I'm setting myself up for I, good karma. You, you told liar. me. You said just ghost them. You are them. such a liar. You are. Do not Who listen. Who said that to me then? I didn't say that. <laughs> what I said was you should just write a message and say that there wasn't a spark and you wish them all the best. Oh, yeah, actually, no, it wasn't you. you liar. Was I can't yeah. believe you were telling people that. Oh, my God. <laughs> I wasn't telling people that. But I did tell you that I was trying to be I was trying to be a nice person. So I think let's all we've got to stop flaking people, men, women. Yeah. Let's tell. be better. Let's take it back to the nineteen twenties yes. and have some manners. Yes. Yeah. I want car doors open for me and nothing. Do you less. know what else I thought? I thought, you know, in workplaces, this is not acceptable behavior. In yes. friendships. Let's in act friendships. more like we're in a corporate society. And also, but but in friendships, this is not acceptable. Going to a shop. And speaking to a shop assistant, this isn't acceptable. Like you can't, yeah. like if someone, if someone makes the effort to speak to you and you respond and then they respond like a conversation to then just not respond at all. Like it's kind of. It's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks everyone for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe and tell your friends. It helps other people to discover us. And also, we really want to know what you thought about this podcast. So if you can leave us a review, that would be much appreciated. 